0: Please be seated. I've taken a new step in gardening recently. I'm entering new territory. For the last couple of years at our little house over in Grant Park, I've been puttering around in the front yard. landscaping, really, planting pretty things and trying to make our curb appeal just that much nicer. Little flowers and doing a lot of trial and error, figuring out what works. I'm not much of a gardener. I have no history in these things. But I'm learning, little by little. And so this summer, I decided to take the plunge into the backyard. And in the backyard, I have put in vegetable beds. I'm straying away from the simple beautification of flowers and planting something that we can eat. Maybe. We'll see. Tune in again in a few weeks if the tomatoes ripen. I've been getting into the trappings of gardening too. It's a hobby and I'm starting to understand why. There's a lot of fun things you can do when you garden. I have raised beds in my backyard now, three of them. And I've gotten an organic soil for them. I've got a couple of rain barrels um, on my downspouts that are full now, thanks to the last couple of weekends. And I have a composter. I have to be honest. Composting has never really been my thing. The idea of rotting vegetable scraps so close to my back door is deeply unappealing to me. And the time that it takes to go from banana peel to dirt just doesn't really seem worth it. But I figure if I'm going to recycle my soda cans and my magazines, as an urban gardener, I'm duty-bound to recycle my corn cobs and grass clippings, too. Now, anyone who has ever composted in earnest will not be at all surprised by what I have to say next. The dirt is amazing. In my first attempt last summer to try my hand at composting, I threw some scraps and clippings into a barrel, and then, I will be honest, I lost interest. Imagine my surprise when, a year later, I happened to open up said compost barrel, and they had turned into the richest, darkest, loveliest soil imaginable. I am a convert, a compost convert. And so, into the barrel all of our kitchen scraps go, along with the occasional shredded newspaper or lump of used-up potting soil, and the bits and pieces hang out in this barrel, and they rot with the help of the bugs and the fungi, and I can't wait to use it on next year's beds. I can't wait to see what it turns into. As my thumb is getting greener by the day, it's no wonder that I was delighted to read this Sunday's gospel selection. What delightful timing, says this nascent gardener. In light of my recent backyard adventures, I've been thinking about this passage differently than I have in years past. Jesus generously interprets this parable for us, us, now, in these days, who when Jesus says in the gospel... Many things in parables, fear is struck in our hearts. A rarity, these interpretations, in the Gospels where these esoteric parables sometimes leave us desperate, grasping at theological straws, trying to figure out what this metaphor means. But not so in this one. Jesus gives us meaning. But despite this generous interpretation... I think there's a lot going on in this parable. It spoke to the disciples then, in Jesus' day, and it has wisdom yet today. So let's dig in. Pun intended. (laughs) I I couldn't help myself. The folks listening to this parable back in Jesus' day might have balked at the wastefulness of the sower. Seed, you have to remember, is precious and to scatter it about so haphazardly does not speak to good stewardship. But this is no regular farmer. This, after all, is God. And the precious seed is the message of the gospel. Of course it is scattered with generosity. The rules are different. The abundance of the kingdom means that there is no such thing as waste when it comes to spreading this seed. All kinds of people need to hear it. All kinds of soil should get a chance to grow it. For God, there is no waste. There is only abundance. And so God, our own sower, sows the seeds of the gospel with the same sort of generosity and wild abandon that God does most everything in our lives. But the generosity with which the seed is sown does not negate the danger that exists once the seed hits the ground. There are birds all around, after all, and rocks and thorns and all manner of things in our world that can challenge that message of love, acceptance, and mercy that our gospel carries. We are, for example, bombarded by messages that want us to believe that our worth, the soul of our being, is, Our worth is grounded in how we look or smell, what we wear or what we drive. These birds get in the way of the true message of the gospel, and that seed, that tender little seed, never gets planted. We are fooled into thinking, into putting our faith in things that we can see, things that we can touch, things tangible and corruptible rather than those things of ultimate worth, integrity, hope, mercy. These, the rocks, keep us from setting deep roots in Christ, in the faith that will sustain us when we need it most, when the hot sun beats down and we think we just can't stand it. We're belittled by a society that tells us that we will never be good enough, we'll never be a good enough parent or a good enough child. A good boss, a good employee, or simply a good person. These thorns choke the life out of us. They make us limp. They make us forget that we are everything, everything God created us to be. We are beloved. But, my friends, we have an advantage, you and I do. Regardless of where you are in your journey, how gobbled up you're feeling, how choked out, how rootless, regardless of the state of your soul this morning, we have an advantage. We're here. For some reason, we are here this morning to hear this gospel, to hear this message, The fact that we are here and we are listening means that the gospel is taking root. Even if you are here for the first time this morning, or if you're just here for the first time since Christmas, you're here and you're listening. You at least listen to the gospel. You're listening. Jesus says, Listen, all you who have ears. Listen. You're listening. The little seed of God's story has sprouted in you. Tend to it. Fertilize it. Spread compost around it if you have some. Love it and share it, and it will bear fruit more than you can ever imagine. Even the blackest-thumbed gardener among us can help this particular heirloom variety grow. Sometimes tending the little gospel seedling in our souls is all we can handle in a day, or a week, or a decade. But sometimes we can do more. We are, in fact, called by the gospel to do more. In that same spirit of wild abandon, of abundance and of bottomless love, the same spirit of spreading the gospel with generosity, we God's hands and feet here on earth. We should be working toward preparing the soul, the soil, preparing the soil where these little seeds can sprout. We are created in the image of a great Creator, one who plants and tends and loves us into being. In that image, we are called to do the same. We are those duty bound to prepare the soil. We are the ones who should be with our hoes breaking up the rocky ground and spreading it over with rich compost and mulch. We are the ones who should be raising the bird netting to protect the little plants, plucking out the thorny weeds. And we tenders of the soil will be amazed, amazed, at what happens when we work toward turning what looks like nothing into something. We will be astounded at what happens when we decide to take the time to prepare the world, beginning with the people around us, for the good news that is God in Christ. We will be astounded. We are preparing the way for the word of God. We are. We are making sure that the seed falling to the ground no matter where it falls, we will have a chance to survive, to thrive. That the people of God will grow and know themselves forgiven, loved, and free, just as we do. And soon, the little bit that we have to offer, just scraps, just our time and our energy, will turn into the rich, dark fertilizer that will grow the gospel in someone else. Go forth and grow. Amen.